from the Allen Media Worldwide Headquarters Studios high atop Two Turtle Creek Tower. This is Deconstructing Dallas. Greetings, everyone. I am your host, Ryan Trimble, joined today by my outstanding, wonderful, tremendous co-host, Sean Williams. Three adjectives. Yes. Man, this is a three-adjective day. Well, look at this beautiful spring day. I think this is the first sunny day we've recorded a podcast in months. A sunny day early in spring gets you three adjectives. I'll take every <laughs> single one of them. What's Abs- going on? Absolutely. No, just uh, uh, really excited about today's show, Sean. We've got an, a great guest coming on, Doug Newby, uh, Dallas Architecture Blog.com author and uh, neighbor- Dallas neighborhood guru. Yeah, neighborhood expert. And I think based on our work histories in Dallas, the the political and public service that you've done, me working also in public service, having a blog focused on Southern Dallas. You know, a lot of the work that we've both done has really centered around neighborhoods and Dallas neighborhoods. And, and that's kind of a big part of the discussion that we're having today. Yes, no doubt, no doubt. And is uh, part of the reason I love Dallas is the, all the different neighborhoods. One of, one of my favorite stories, and I know I've told you this about a thousand times, but uh, when I worked for Chairman Branch uh, after the 2006 election, uh, we wanted to really focus on East Dallas. And he said, go to East Dallas, go across 75, and don't come back until you know everybody. <laughs> and so I spent my time in Munger Place and Swiss Avenue and Peaks Edition and the lower Greenville, Pat Carr, if you're listening at Lower Greenville Neighborhood Association, just some wonderful folks in all of our different neighborhoods around town. And, uh, you know, it's part of what makes this city really fun and a uh, fun place to be. Yep. And I, I landed in about 2005 in southwest Dallas, uh, very close to some. Sometimes I tell some people near the Potter's House and for other people, I will say near Dallas Baptist University because some people know yeah. one, some people yeah. know the other, but we, we lived out that way. And then about three years ago, I moved to North, um, to North Oak Cliff. And so, you know, we, I've seen a lot of Southern Dallas. So I think between us, we've kind of got a lot of Dallas covered. Uh, you kind of more Northeast meets more Southwest. Well, uh, really excited about uh, this episode. But before we go on, Sean, I wanted to say congratulations to you and your fighting Texas Aggies. Well, I was hoping that we would get to that, especially <laughs> yeah, having sure been in were. College Station on yesterday uh, at Texas A&M. I can tell you there's a lot of excitement about the Aggies' Sweet 16 appearance. Appearances because we have our men's and women's basketball teams yeah. in the Sweet 16, and it is really exciting, really exciting games. Uh, although, in theory, the North Carolina and the men's game was not that exciting because the Aggies were by 20 most of the game. Yeah, they were blowing them out. And I'm going to tell you what, I didn't mind it. No, I no. I didn't no. mind it one bit. And I will also uh, begrudgingly, in, in in a way, give uh, kudos to our, our friends and former conference mates at Texas Tech who are also making a Sweet 16 appearance in the men's tournament. Uh, they, they've looked good for the majority of the season and looked good in their first two games. So, hey, I'd be totally down to meet up with the Red Raiders in the Final Four. <laughs> I'm sure you would. I'm sure you would, Sean. Well, you know, I I wanted to think about Trinity Groves. 
yep. because that is part of our conversation that we're going to have uh, with Doug Newby. Trinity Grove's a client of ours, and you know one of the one of my first memories of Dallas when I moved here. I moved here in 1997. And I remember specifically going to a meeting at City Hall where there was a discussion about the. Trinity River Corridor Project. And I remember there being a huge model with basketball arena and parks and boats and all kinds of stuff. And I was thinking, man, I want to be close to this. Like at the time I was living in one of the suburbs. I think I was living in in Irving at the time. And I thought, Uh you know, I want to move close to this. I want to be part of where this is happening. You know, 20 years later, it's still happening. But You know, I think what we're seeing in West Dallas, some of the proposals for the park and what is springing up and has sprung up in Trinity Groves, we're really seeing some of the the fruition of of what the vision was for the Trinity River. Yeah, and if you haven't been down to Trinity Groves, I encourage everybody to go down there. Uh, It's a really fun place, great place to eat, some great restaurants down there, a lot of action. I think a lot of people are surprised the first time they go down there to see just how much action there is down there. Yeah, like in my mind, a lot of times I want to say, do people really know that we have Trinity Groves? Do people really know that it's there? And obviously, if you try to park or if you try to get in somewhere to eat, uh, at St. Rocco's or anywhere else down there, you you know that people do know where it is. Sure. And people do know how to get there. And the bridge is packed, especially on a day like today, especially on the weekend. You know, people are out. People are down in the in the trails that are now yeah. inside the levees, which is really cool. I mean, I, I've ridden my bike from my place. You know, it's about a mile and a half, two miles to the the Ron Kirk Bridge at the um, and and down into the levees. Do four or five miles down there, ride up and out on the east side, and maybe take the Trinity Strand Trail and maybe head over to Katy Trail. I mean, it, it is so many options and so close. I mean, it is incredible how close we are in West Dallas, how close you are when you're Trinity Groves to downtown or to not only downtown, but to the design district, to uptown, all those places. Well, while you're doing all that cycling, Sean, I'll be enjoying a delicious adult beverage on one of the great patios at Trinity Groves. How about that? Awesome patios. I think I was at um, Offsite Kitchen about two weeks ago, uh, throwing down a burger over a game of Galaga. I mean, <laughs> and, I mean, who, who, if you got Galaga, Miss Pac-Man in your in your location, yeah. then it is a way better than zero chance that I will try to end up there. Well, exciting stuff and excited to uh, bring our guest on today again, Doug Newby, um, one of the neighborhood gurus of Dallas and uh, author of DallasArchitectureBlog.com. So why don't we take a quick break? We'll be back with Doug and uh, look forward to seeing you on the other side. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. Thanks for listening. It's Ryan, your illustrious co-host here at Deconstructing Dallas. I've got great news for you. Uh, Walmart, our great friends at Walmart, they have brought back the promo code WOWFRESH. That's W-O-W-F-R-E-S-H, WOWFRESH. That is for $10 off your first order of online grocery pickup. Now, if you haven't tried this service, you got to get in there and try it. Download the Walmart grocery app 
Find your local store on the app and then get shopping. Now, again, the code is WOWFRESH, W-O-W-F-R-E-S-H. That's WOWFRESH for $10 off your first order of online grocery pickup. You place your order online, they fill your order, and I'll tell you what, they're going to pick out the best avocados, the best produce, the finest meats and cheeses from all the land. Only at your local Walmart store in their grocery section. These folks are highly trained professionals, and they're going to make sure that your satisfaction is number one. Again, Walmart, online grocery pickup, Wow Fresh. Enter the code WOWFRESH for $10 off your first order of online grocery pickup. Thanks, Walmart, and thanks for listening to Deconstructing Dallas. Back after this. Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams, and Sean, we have a very special guest today. Joining us in studio, Mr. Doug Newby, one of the gurus of Dallas neighborhoods, uh, one of the first people to write, uh, do handle zoning cases. I mean, Doug has done it all. Preservation. When it comes to, it comes to Dallas Absolutely. neighborhoods, yeah. Cities and neighborhoods, I think we got about as good a person as we can to talk on this this topic. That's right. And he is also the uh, author of DallasArchitectureBlog.com. Go give that site a, uh, a quick once over or, or subscribe and like it on Facebook. Follow his blog. But Doug, thanks for coming in. You're welcome. This is a real treat. And I know that you've, you, you understand Dallas and the evolution of Dallas, which has always been my passion. So this is really fun for me. Well, uh, Doug, I wanted to start, you know, we can talk about specifically about the article that you, you've written about Trinity Groves. and um, But I want to kind of get your thoughts on the evolution of Dallas as it relates to neighborhoods, as it relates to historic neighborhoods. And, you know, I live in southern Dallas. I live in North Oak Cliff. I used to live in a, a kind of southwest Oak Cliff. And I, I see some changes as it relates to whether it be trails, whether it be transportation. And sometimes our city gets a bad rap. But And, and Ryan also lives in Dallas. But, but what have you seen over time as it relates to how Dallas looks at neighborhoods? Well, it's really interesting. About the same time I wrote the book Guide to Older Neighborhoods for the sesquicentennial in 1986, Stark Taylor um, tapped Eric Moyer to do a Southern Dallas Task Force. But all this was kind of coming together where for the first time we were identifying neighborhoods. And I've always said, until a neighborhood has a name and identity, nothing really happens. It doesn't matter if it has curbs or trees or there's been revitalization. You first have to have an identity. And that's when it started. Um, I mean, we Munger Place was the area that I started, you know, was the most involved with, with the revitalization and, and the rezoning there. But what I've seen is now that we have several hundred identified neighborhoods and more neighborhoods getting identified every day. And then in southern Dallas, where there's been the greatest amount of interest, both with the media, homeowners, people, they're excited about it, but they still need to have something to get their hooks into. And we're just in the very early stages of that. 
Very cool. Yeah, it's been fun having not grown up here but have gotten here as fast as I could. It's been fun to see over the past – you know, almost two decades, uh, the neighborhoods come back and change. Uh, I, I went to SMU, as many of our listeners know, uh, lived in in East Dallas and Lakewood for a long time, now have moved to Lake Highlands. One of the things I've noticed and have loved is seeing all the different sign toppers. Right. And, and when I worked for Chairman Branch, we would go and we would see, you know, Vickery Place got right. their sign toppers and Munger was among the first. And then, the, you know, Peaks Edition and Swiss and everybody has their sign toppers. So I think that kind of gets at the heart of what you're, what you're getting at is, you know, we've got to have an identity and we've got to define our area. And it was really interesting. Before there was, you know, Lakewood and then... Lakewood West, which was everything to Central Expressway. And now you're right. right. Every five and ten block neighborhood sure. now starts having an addition. And what we're now at the phase that not only are the neighborhoods getting an identity, but the connectivity of those neighborhoods and how they relate to each other. So you have this mosaic of neighborhoods where each one has a specific identity, but they're all part of the texture of Dallas, which is really nice. Now, Doug, I want to move towards towards West Dallas, which is kind of what we're, we're talking about today. And I want to go back because you've been in, intimately involved in kind of neighborhood and real estate and things like that. And can you talk about even maybe any memories you might have of when the Calatrava bridges were were proposed and when they were designed and when they were built. And obviously people said that this was a bridge to nowhere and kind of and, and kind of how that relates to where we are now in West Dallas and, and with the emergence of Trinity Groves. Kind of what are your some of your memories about that time? Well, I, I remember when um, they had a dinner with some of the early leaders and philanthropists, I think it was at Nancy Marcus's house, which is one of my favorite houses in Dallas at 6801 Turtle Creek and Boca States. I said, oh, that sounds like such an interesting dinner. And she goes, you're glad you weren't invited because they hit everybody up for $100,000 for the planning <laughs> of this bridge. I said, you're right. I love it. And... And when you think in the Dallas Institute and Gail Thomas and, and the, the people involved, and where people were saying it's a bridge to nowhere, I go, this is what is going to make the difference. Because it's not only a symbol, but it's a physical structure that's a beacon to the other side of the river. And you just can't have 50% of the city with... 10% of the tax base and say, okay, we have a new restaurant or we have a new home. You need a critical mass. And this bridge, all of a sudden, was a symbol that this could happen. And what was so interesting to me is is when there were, you know, Stuart Fitz and, and a couple partners go, hey, this is in, and this is at a soccer game. And one of the soccer dads said, hey, you know, there's a bridge going up and the, the property's not that expensive on the other side. Maybe you ought to buy a little bit. So they're just buying it because there was a bridge. No vision at all. But very quickly they go, this could be really cool. And instead of as developers... They were doing it as families saying, we could maybe do a, a really a legacy project for our family. Never sell it, you know, have 100-year leases or 20-year leases, but really develop something that is, is iconic for Dallas 
and our contribution and our family's contribution to Dallas. So that was their original thought, but it happened because of the bridge. You, you use the word innovators in your article quite a bit, and, and I think that's exactly what the folks that have you know created this really fun environment down in Trinity Groves are. And, and maybe that is uh, the, the wave of the future, and that is the way for Dallas to move forward as an international city, I think. Well, I, I think that Dallas um, is a city of innovators, and there are also you know, developers. But when you have a project like this, that's done not by developers that have all the mindset of developers and the bank pressures and the lending pressures, and here we need to get some apartments up, and we need to get some retail, but they're looking for the long haul to think they worked on this for 12 years. And, well, the city says, well, once you have a use, then ask for the zoning. So, oh, no, no, no. We want to have a plan for our vision. And our vision is we're going to assemble 80 acres, and we want to have unlimited height so we can be downtown Dallas. It's just downtown Dallas will be on the southern side of the river. And... And we like the idea of having stepped down and best practice and mixed use. In fact, we're going to start with mixed use. We'll start with some really cool incubator restaurants with different food types so we can attract a diverse group of people. Rather than mandating diversity, let's attract diversity. And that's what they've done. This is Deconstructing Dallas. We've got Doug Newby on with us talking about neighborhoods in Dallas. We, we just kind of started touching on West Dallas. We started touching on Trinity Groves. And as I mentioned, I live in North Oak Cliff, and so I can ride my bike. I'm about maybe a mile, maybe a mile and a half max from Trinity Groves. And so, you know, I'm able to ride my bike there. And even once I started doing so, it's amazing if you ride across the Continental Bridge, uh, the Ron Kirk Bridge, how close you are to the design district, how close you are to downtown. And so part of your article on your blog was you list all these places that are a mile, two miles, three miles, even SMUs about four or five miles down the road. You know, do we really even know <laughs> how close we are as a city? I often talk about how close we are from downtown to Baylor or downtown to Methodist. But in your article, I think you do a really good job talking about how close Trinity Groves is to places that are, seem so disconnected. Well, this is one of the things that surprised me the most, because I still think, well, Trinity Groves is a real cool place, but that's a long way away. Well, it's not a long way away. I mean, kind of everything, and I, and I mentioned that from my early years as a real estate agent selling homes without owning a car, a neighborhood is where you can ride your bike or you can walk to. And so I started looking at the specific mileage that you could walk or ride your bike and find out, wait a minute, you can get from Trinity Groves to White Rock Lake in one direction down the Santa Fe Trail or the other direction down the Katy Trail and you're only 6.9 miles from either direction? Well, that's not even as long as it is around the lake. And then you can get to SMU, like you say, in four or five miles or, or you know, one of the comments on the post was from the SMU Varsity Women's Swim Coach that the, the new aquatic center is right on the, the trail. He mm -hmm. jumps on the trail and he spends a day doing all these cool things. Mm -hmm. 
uh, you know, within four miles, four and a half miles. And, you know, the museums and the athletic centers and the, and the, the nature trails and all that is really just within walking or biking distance. And people don't realize that because these trails are so new and their connections to each other are so new. And then you have the neighborhoods where you have expensive neighborhoods, but you also have neighborhoods where you have really cool houses for just, you know, two or three hundred thousand dollars. They're right off the trail and architect designed homes and, you know, at all different price points. So it's really a neat neighborhood. This is Deconstructing Dallas, Ryan Trimble, Sean Williams. We're going to take a break and be right back with Doug Newby. Stay with us. Thanks for tuning in.